This is Chris Brooks. Thank you for listening to this edition of Equip. Be sure and subscribe for free so that you don't miss an episode. For more information, visit our website, equipradio.org. This is Chris Brooks. Thank you for listening to this edition of Equip. Be sure and subscribe for free so that you don't miss an episode. For more information, visit our website, equipradio.org. Well, hey there, friends. Welcome to another exciting edition of Equip with Chris Brooks. I am so thrilled that you've joined us today. Can you do me a favor? Strap on your seatbelt. We're going to navigate through the contours of culture, as always, with the lens of the biblical worldview on. But before we do that, let me remind you, this is the day that the Lord has made. He has given it as a gift so that you and I can rejoice and be glad in it. So let's do just that. Let's follow the words of the Apostle Paul. Let's rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Well, I hope you're having a phenomenal day, that you're growing in Jesus and that in spite of all that's going on in the world around you, that you are celebrating his grace. And if you're in the cold part of the country like I am today, take advantage of it. Maybe you're indoors and you should be. Hopefully today can be a time of uh, family and in growth and studying God's Word. And we're grateful to be a part of your day as well. Today, I want to deal with a question, and I would love your response to this question. If you go to church, why do you go? And if you don't go to church, why don't you go to church? Phone number 877-LIVE-675. That's 877-548-3675. I think we all know that church is not our concept. Church is God's concept. It is God who in scripture commands that we forsake not the assembling of ourselves together as some have done. This is in Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 25. So church is God's concept and has been a Christian practice from the earliest days of the Christian faith. The Bible talks about the Hebrew people celebrating what is known as the Sabbath, which for them was Saturday. They celebrated the Sabbath, but because Jesus resurrected, as the scriptures tell us, on the first day of the week, which is Sunday, Christians began to gather to worship, to reflect that, to celebrate the fact that he is risen, he is risen indeed, and to even practice the meal of communion which according to the Apostle Paul, is something that we're supposed to do. And every time we do, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So communion and gathering together in worship were ways for us to remind ourselves of what he's done, the fact that he's coming back again, but to also say that he is risen. He's currently active in the world. So past tense, reflection, what he's done. Present tense, he is risen and active in the world. Future tense, he's coming back again. That was the whole purpose of the religious gathering, of the coming together of the church, so that we might be reminded of these things and not lose hope. But yet, if you look at current statistics around church attendance, you may or may not be surprised to see how many are believers that are not going to church. And today I want to have a conversation. I really want to hear from you uh, because uh, there's a study that has recently come out about why people go to church or why they don't. 
And uh, I, I think it's interesting the numbers that are here within this study. But I'd love to hear from you. Why do you go to church? If you go to church, why not just opt out? Why not just stay home? You know, let's be honest. Many during COVID discovered I actually like being in my pajamas on Sunday morning. Maybe you've chosen to opt out. Maybe the whole hassle of getting kids ready on Sunday morning has caused you to say, I'm just not doing it. Or maybe you're questioning, is it even worth it in the first place? I want to hear from you. If you go to church, why have you chosen to go to church? Why not just opt out? 877-548-3675, 877-LIVE-675. And I would not be surprised if the study is correct if we hear in the calls that we get today a generational difference because one of the most profound factors in how we answer this question, according to sociologists, is what generation we were born in. Those who are older are deeply committed, far more committed to going to church than those who are younger. Should we be concerned about that? Or does it make a difference? Do we have to go to church to be good people, to be moral people, to grow in our faith? You know the old question. Maybe you've heard it. Maybe you've even asked it. Do I have to go to church to be a Christian? Well, many in this generation are saying, no, you don't. And if you don't go to church, why don't you go to church? I would love to hear from you on that. And actually, the answers given in the report I'm going to share with you actually surprised me on why people go to church. I'm just going to give you a couple of the headlines. Number one, they're not all atheists. The people who aren't going to church, we assume it's because they don't believe in God. Well, the study says a lot of them do. They're not all um, spiritual but not religious people. Some of them say that God deeply matters to them, that their spiritual life, their faith deeply matters to them. So why would you not then go to church? And what does the Bible have to say about this? We're going to talk about all that. Again, phone number 877-548-3675. The report uh, comes from, of all places, a CNN uh, report entitled 10 Reasons Americans Go to Church and Nine Reasons They Don't, written by Daniel Burke. Now, a little bit about Daniel Burke. He was formerly the CNN religious, religion editor, uh, Georgetown professor. He oversees the Center for Faith and Justice. Here's what he says. He says that the trend line in America concerning church attendance does not look great and it hasn't for a while. He goes on to say social scientists and religious leaders have lots of theories about the long, slow slide, blaming it on everything from the Internet to the politicalization of conservative Christianity. But a new Pew Research study offers something different. It's a survey of 4,729 Americans. Now, as surveys go, this is pretty broad. This is pretty good. This is a nice cross-section in sampling. And the question they ask people who attend religious services, why is it that you do? And they also ask why they don't. Now, here's the interesting statistic, and then we're going to start taking some of your calls. But the interesting statistic is that while 69% of Americans still profess to be Christians, and I think that's pretty astounding, that in a world that is so secular, in a world where atheism has had 
um, some best-selling authors, and uh, there seems to have been a revival in it. It seems like uh, uh, Americans have uh, endured, the church has endured the onslaught against Christianity and still been able to survive. All of the bestsellers from Daniel Dennett to Sam Harris to uh, Richard Dawkins and Christopher Hitchens, they've written and yet their writings have not moved the needle when it comes to uh, Americans professing Christian faith. But here is an interesting area where we should be concerned. That while 69% of Americans say, I'm a Christian, only 31% of us attend church. Only 31% of those who say they're Christians attend church. Now, It's hard for me to think that the reason why is because the church isn't geographically nearby because there's so many churches that uh, most Americans live within three miles of a church. So uh, I don't think it's accessibility like it could be in some places around the world. There has to be something deeper. So I want to hear from you. Why do you go? Why don't you go if you don't go? And I want to get into this study that Daniel Burke gives us on the number one, uh, the top 10 really reasons why people go. Let's go to Canton, Ohio. Martha is listening there. Hey, Martha, thank you so much for listening to Equip. What's your answer? Well, I actually have two answers to that. One is that I love to sing, but I can't, or that's what my family (laughs) tells me. I can't sing very well. But when I'm in a group of other people and they're all singing, we all sound okay. And yeah, so true. I get to feel like that doesn't sound too bad. And so I just love singing God's praises. And if I do it at home by myself, I understand why my family says I can't sing. But if I do it with <laughs> other people, it's, just, it's wonderful. But the other reason is I'm a 70-year-old raising a 9-year-old grandson. And wow. oftentimes it's hard for me to find ways to relate to him and vice versa. But last week when I told him that we might not go to Sunday school or to church the next day, he's like, but Grandma— I really wanted to hear the rest of the story they were telling last week in Sunday school. So it just lightens my heart to know that that wow. they can relate to him in ways that I can't. And yeah, well, I, so 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 the children's ministry is a huge pull for me. Yeah, well first off, I I just want to say he is so blessed to have you as a grandma and uh bravo to you for raising that 9-year-old. And uh, I, I'll pray that God continue to give you strength and grace and wisdom and joy as you walk out that sacred calling. But what you just shared with us, Martha, are actually two reasons that are listed in the top 10. I'll deal with your first reason, uh, and then I'll talk about the second one. The first is, in, in many ways, uh, what they list is number six in the top 10, and that is to be a part of a faith community. You use singing as an analogy, and I love this thought, that when I sing alone, I don't sound too good, but when I'm in a group, I sound better. Well, that can be an analogy for all of life, because when I'm doing life by my own, it does not work out as good as it does when I'm doing life in community. One of the reasons why we should go to church is because God has called us into community. That's one of the beauties of the Christian life is that when we come to faith in Christ, we get a savior, but not just a savior. We get a spiritual family as well. 
And that helps, yes, our singing, but not just our singing. It helps our living in a way that we are able to experience flourishing in life. But the second reason you gave actually is the second reason on the top 10 list. And that is Americans say they go to church so that their children will have a moral foundation. You are in line with a ton of Americans who say, I go to church because I want my children to have a relationship with God or at least a moral foundation. And so praise God you go. I'm so glad you do. And um, I'm grateful for you giving us a call. Why do you go and why don't you go to church? 877-548-3675. Let's go to Dave, who's listening in Clinton, um, Iowa. Um, Or is that Idaho? Dave, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Hey, Dave, thank you so much for listening. Are you in Iowa or Idaho? Iowa, beautiful Iowa. Beautiful Iowa. Well, I appreciate you giving us a call, Dave. What's your comment today, my friend? Well, Chris, I'm interested in what you have to say. Uh, one, I love I, I love the mass. Uh, I was born and, and uh, raised Catholic. And uh, nine years ago, uh, I got a divorce. Um, and I'm not pointing fingers. It takes two people. But uh, uh, she uh, was an adulterer. And um, my comment to our priest was that if this was back in the old days, she would have been stoned, and and uh, I wouldn't have to worry about it. But, but Chris, my question is, um, I can't receive the sacraments because mm. I've been divorced. I've got two children out of this union that I, I can go and get my marriage annulled. Uh, yeah. But yeah. they feel like that, and I feel like. They're part of the union. They're part of of uh, of that marriage, and I don't want to make it sound like they they weren't. And the really the rigmarole yes. that you have to go through in the Catholic Church to to be able to take the sacraments is one financial, and two it's it takes a lot of time. You know. Yeah. So well, first off, uh, first off, I appreciate your honesty, Dave, and giving us a call, sharing your heart. My heart breaks for uh, what you've gone through, uh, having the divorce, uh, the breaking of trust. All, all of that is is deeply, deeply heartbreaking, and uh, my heart goes out to you, brother. I, I'll say this: that different branches of the Christian faith have approached communion and the and the ordinances or sacraments, as you describe them, differently. Obviously, for the Catholic Church, they see the sacraments as a means of grace, as a way of experiencing salvation. I'm a Protestant believer, and as a Protestant believer, my belief is that salvation is by faith alone, in Christ alone. It's a gift of God's grace, and so is forgiveness. So even those who have gone through divorce, we shouldn't treat that callously, Certainly, but for those who have gone through divorce and repented before God and and uh, asked for His grace and forgiveness, then we have access to Him. So I want to encourage you to dive into that deeper. We'll talk about it more on the other side of this break on Equip. When you listen to Equip, you know I love to introduce you to some incredible guests and topics, but there's one person that I want you to meet more than anyone else. 
His name is Jesus, and he wants to have a genuine personal relationship with you. He even died on the cross to take the punishment for all of our sins so that we can join his eternal family. It would be my honor to introduce you to Jesus today. Simply call 877-548-3675. Again, give us a call at 877-548-3675. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. Today we're talking about a new study that shows why Americans say they do go to church and why Americans say they don't go to church. Of the 69% of Americans who say they're Christian, only 31% rather say they attend church on any type of regular basis. And so that's a pretty uh, big golf. And uh, that number is declining, as you would imagine, in our society. Uh, Dave, our friend from beautiful Iowa, uh, called before we went to break and said, hey, I don't go uh, because I went through a painful divorce and I can no longer receive uh, the sacraments, in particular communion. And I just simply want to say to Dave that you may want to uh, revisit what the scriptures have to say about who has access to communion and who doesn't have access to communion. You know, the Apostle Paul says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And if we have repented before God, then we have been made clean. First John chapter 1, verse number 9 tells us that, that if we confess our faults before the Lord, he is faithful to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. So uh, in a Protestant faith, uh, of which I'm a part, uh, to confess, to repent before God, means that I've been forgiven, I've been washed clean, so I can receive the table of the Lord. Those who are denied the table are in known unrepentant sin. And so if you have repented of your sins before God, then uh, I would encourage you to receive readily and to find a communion of saints, a communion of believers that will allow you to have that access. Now, that doesn't mean we should just blow off sin and take it lightly, but it does mean that there has to be pathways to redemption and forgiveness. Now, Dave's response to that question of why you don't go actually was number six on the list of reasons given in the report by Pew Research on why people say they don't go, and that is because they don't feel welcome. Maybe you're not going to church right now. Is that your reason? I want to hear from you. Why do you go if you go? And if you don't go, why don't you go? 877-548-3675. I am really interested in hearing from those of you who used to go and now don't anymore. And those of you who maybe didn't go, but just have started. I'd love to hear what would make a person change in their pattern. 877-548-3675. Let's go to Aaron in Urbana, Illinois. Hey, Aaron. Thank you so much for listening to Equip. What's your comment, brother? Hi, how are you? <laughs> Good. Thanks for calling. Good. Well, um, I used to attend. I even used to play uh, in the church choir. I played piano in Oregon. Um, <clears throat> I went to a small Baptist community church. Uh, population of the town was 400. 
the population of our congregation, depending on what time of year it was, was anywhere from four to maybe 30 people on the holidays. Okay. It's one of the oldest uh, Native American churches in the United States. It's about 400 years old. Wow. But the reason I quit attending is because, number one, we couldn't keep a pastor. Number one, again, is I wasn't being fed. Mm, mm. Uh, I just felt like I wasn't, and I don't claim to be a, you know, a, a biblical scholar. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I just, that's what I felt. Uh, the pastors that did come in were, that were uh, feeding us were basically pastors that were retired and would come in and fill in, fill the void, so to speak. Yes. Uh, until someone else stepped in which was, you know, very short, usually maybe a year or two, uh, and then they would uh, bail out on us. So I find your um, your answer, Aaron, uh, deeply interesting. First off, what an amazing history to be a part of a church that dates back uh, to the earliest days of our country, to be a part of the oldest Native American fellowship church um, in the country. Those are Those are just beautiful and rich aspects of history. But I'm interested in knowing, um, so how long has it been since you stopped going, and what are you doing now? Well, I listen to you guys. (laughs) Okay. I uh, quit attending probably, um, let's see, I had to leave the East Coast um, as of June of last year, June 1st. Okay. And I quit attending. I hadn't been to church in probably a year. So it's probably then, been a year and a half, two years since I've been in church. I, and one final question, if you don't mind me asking, is there anything you miss about it? Um, well, I miss the praise and worship, the communion. You know, um, I miss the fellowship. But uh, then again, like I said, um, we weren't being fed. Uh, I wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> there was a lot yeah. of other issues taking place. Sure. I don't really sure. have much of an ego. Uh, one of the things, uh, <laughs> you know, there just wasn't a lot of discussion taking place amongst. We had a shortage of deacons, just a shortage of everybody that, that was to fill the void because yeah. the community was so small. So we're just yeah. in constant turmoil, as, you know, trying to find people to fill those those positions. Well, you know, one of the ways that the Bible describes the church, Aaron, is as a household of faith, or I like to use the term a spiritual family. And like our families, each one is unique. And the experiences are unique, and the challenges that they have are unique. But one thing that's common is the the beauty of living in community and how it enriches our lives. So I would simply say to you that while uh, the things that you've shared are certainly uh, valid and, and man, I, I can only imagine how difficult it was to be in the, uh, the cycle of not getting fed and the small church challenges, I would say that the benefits of living in communion and community with other believers is so enriching to the heart, so enriching to the life that if you don't mind, I'd love to pray for you that the Lord will lead you to a church that you can call home, a place that you can 
feel that you're growing while at the same time contributing to. Let me pray for you, if you don't mind, Aaron. Lord, thank you for Aaron. Thank you for his testimony. Thank you for the blessing of his faith in you. And Lord, while being a part of a church has been difficult, we also know that it is so richly beneficial. So today, I'm praying that my brother would not give up on the church, that he would listen for your leading, and that you would direct him and guide him to a community of believers in which he can grow in like precious faith and help others to do the same. Bless Aaron, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Let's go to Chris in Indiana. Hey, Chris, I got about a minute before a break. What's your comment, Chris? I can make this easy, brother. I'm a 47-year-old man from Indiana, and I just want to share that I think God has impressed on me as of in the last year of my learning that I believe we all have a role, um, whether you're a young person at a church or an old person at a church, but being an older person at the church and uh, growth and what God has shown me lately is that we each have a role. And one of the reasons that I've been off and on at church for different reasons, we go through growth. And one of the reasons I feel that no matter what age you are, you're compelled, we need to go to church is that we have to live out the life of Christ in front of others and be a tool for other people. So I see the church as a tool. It's not your entire faith. It's just a tool to help either yourself or also live that out in front of others to let them see and let them grow their faith. So that's why the church community, the church so group good. as a whole, even a young person has to grow, you know, and go through yes. the flailing to let other people see it's okay. You know? I love it, brother. So good. I like 99% of everything you said. The only thing that I disagree with is I'm 47, just like you. And we're young, brother. We are not old. So uh, just hold on to that. But I love what Chris just said. We each have a role to play. Every single one of us. Christianity, it's not meant to be lived out in private. It's meant to be lived before a watching world and in the context of community. Well stated, Chris. Well stated. Why do you go? Why don't you go? Give us a call. 877-LIVE-675. We'll be right back right after this. Hey there, friends. Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks, having a wonderful conversation as we discuss why go to church in a generation that questions everything. You won't be surprised to know that that's a question that many young Christians in particular are struggling with. We're going to answer that question from Scripture before it's all said and done. We're going to take your cause in just a moment. But let me remind you, as I try to do every day, of how much we appreciate your generosity and support for Equip. Now, let me give you an update on where we are. We are at about 44% of our budgeted goal for this month. That means that we are about 56% away from our budgeted goal for this month. Uh, The cost of radio, I've shared before, is a worthwhile investment only if you know lives are being impacted and touched by God's grace forever and for eternity. And what I can tell you is that the fruit of this ministry has been uh, clear and evident to me from day one. So many people have been encouraged in their faith. Some have 
made decisions for Christ for the first time, and some have come back to faith in Jesus Christ. Many have been equipped to live, share, and defend their faith in a more effective way. But we do need your support if we're going to be here. Uh, It's not a guarantee that any program or any ministry continues on. Uh, So much of it is determined by your support. And so I'm going to ask you to do that, that you would support us. In order for us to bridge this gap, if you will, we're going to need to have some friends who can stand with us with a large gift of $250 or more. And I wonder if we can get a few friends who can do that today. Could you consider giving a $250 gift or more to equip today? It would allow us to continue to broadcast the truth of the gospel in your community. I like to put it this way. If the message that Jesus is Lord is important, then we as Christians should continue to do all that we can to support uh, the spreading of that message. Now, I want to be clear. We're not here as a fundraiser. No gimmicks, no, no games. We're not here to try to turn a profit or exploit people financially. But we do want to have a testimony of spiritual impact and good financial stewardship. I think it's important for Christians to have that testimony. So if we've been a blessing, could you consider supporting us? If you're new to the uh, program, if you've just started listening, if you're still checking us out, feel no pressure at all to have to support. Uh, Just you listening is blessing and benefit enough. But if we have been an encouragement, can you call now, 888-644-4144. That's 888-644-4144. Or go to equipradio.org. That's equippedradio.org. Phone number 877-548-3675. Why do people go? Well, according to CNN's Daniel Burke, top reasons why people go, number one, to be closer to God. Number two, I mentioned earlier, so their children will have a moral foundation. Number three, to become a better person. Number four, for comfort in times of sorrow. And number five, they find the sermon valuable. Well, you would imagine that some of uh, why people don't go is the inverse of that because they're not finding the sermon valuable. Or, as they put it, they don't like the sermon or they haven't found a house of worship that they feel comfortable in, or they don't feel the church attendance is very important at all, or because they practice their faith in other ways. This is according to the survey done by uh, the Pew Research Center. But I want to hear from you. So let's go back to the phone lines. Kathy is listening in Cleveland, Ohio. Kathy, so grateful for you listening. What's your comment? Hi, it's good to talk to you too. I'm a little nervous, so um, I I do believe it's very important to attend church. Um, I know in my own history, um, I was going to church regularly, listening uh, Moody Radio all the time, and I was so much stronger then. And then um, some things happened and changed jobs and everything. But I kept going to church, and I knew that if I didn't. Um, that I would start slipping away from God mm, and mm, my relationship mm. did get suffer with God because, um, the, a lot of people left my church due to changes in the church. And, 
so I lost a lot of the relationships and yes. I couldn't connect with anybody. It just wasn't working out for years actually. And but I just kept going because I knew that if I stopped going, I was just going to slip away in my relationship with God. And it did help me to stay centered. And eventually I started growing again and I'm getting stronger and wow. more and more wow. strong. And yeah, I just want to say something too that I've noticed is I've noticed this with um, other believers too, that um, those who listen to radio programs like Moody Radio, they tend to be able to handle things better. They tend to be stronger in their faith than yeah. people that don't. I do yeah. notice the difference there, and they, it's just so much better for them if they do listen to it. And I'm like telling myself, I need to start listening to Moody Radio all the time again, <laughs> like I used to. <laughs> well, first off, you are an encouragement to my heart, and I know I speak for uh, other uh, leaders who do radio ministry like this. It's great to know that it matters and that it makes a difference in your life. And I think what you're highlighting, Kathy, is the difference between information and, and wisdom. You know, we often confuse knowledge or information with wisdom. We live in the information age. That means that we have uh, facts and details at our fingertips on just about anything. But wisdom is different. Wisdom is the application of information or knowledge to life in a way where you experience the benefit of it. You, you not only have information, but you know how to apply it in a way where you can experience the benefit in your day-to-day life. And Jesus is our wisdom. This is what the Bible tells us, that Jesus is our wisdom. And so I hope that when you and others listen to the program, that one of the things that you get from uh, listening is wisdom, that you walk away saying, I understand more clearly what God has called me to do and how he's called me to think in a way that aligns with his will. Because when you align with his will, we'll experience life and that more abundantly. Kathy, what a blessing you are. I'm so grateful for you giving us a call and uh, you're an encouragement. Let's go to the phone lines. Uh, I'm going to go back to Cleveland, Ohio. Corey has been listening in Cleveland. Hey, Corey, thank you so much for listening. Thanks for calling. What's your comment? Uh, just was calling just to let you know that uh, I appreciate your uh, station and everything that you was talking about. But um, one of my things as far as uh, I used to attend church before COVID. And okay. um, I just found when I was attending church, the church has become so more like the world, you know, as far as the distraction. Yeah. Uh, no one's saying anything about how to come into the house of the Lord with respect. It's one thing to come first Sunday, second Sunday, but after you come certain times, there's, there's, a, there's a level of respect on how you should dress. And um, another problem I had was uh, it's, it's always a, a sermon of a financial blessing. And that's just a distraction yeah. because uh, a lot of saints believe that we are supposed to be uh, – fed with all his finances from God. And, and the Bible says he will have supply your needs, not your wants. So, yes. you know, I had a lot yeah. of problems with it. And since I've been home, yes. I've been getting more closer and closer to God, reading the word and understanding the word more. Mm. And I, I understand the Bible yeah. says do not forsake the assembly. But it's yes. just with the nowadays mega churches, it's more like I'm going to uh, 
uh, a club because uh, there's no there's no uh, respect on the house of God anymore on how you should dress or carry yourself. Well, first off, I appreciate you being honest. I appreciate you giving us a call. You bring us some valid things. I think that there has been this shift in a lot in a lot of uh, pastors thinking that man, if we're going to win this generation. Uh, quote-unquote, to Christ and to the church, we're going to have to begin to uh, behave in a more entertaining way, and that can lead to all type of dangerous practices. And I think you're right in saying to the church, we need to just focus on being a church, not trying to entertain, not trying to mimic the world. We need to focus in on being a church and to remember that we serve a holy God who does have a righteous standard. I would also say this, though, that... Um, while there's certainly churches that are out there that don't model what you would hope a church would model, there are plenty, though, that are out there that are healthy, that are communities of believers that just genuinely love the Word of God, want to do His will, want to honor Him. And so I bring this up, brother, because I don't want Um, Satan to distract you or me away from God's blessing and grace of the of of the communion we get when we're in fellowship with other believers. I don't want you to miss out on that because of the hypocrisy of some. Uh, There's an interesting book written by a famous author whose name is C.S. Lewis, and the book is called "The Screw Tape Letters," and it's a book. It's not long, but it's very powerful. And it's a book, it's a fiction book in which C.S. Lewis has these letters where a junior demon is writing to a senior demon in a hypothetical way about how to keep a young man from believing in God or how to keep him from following Jesus. Well, one of the things that uh, is prescribed in that book that kind of uh, gives us an insight into the M.O. of Satan, if you will, is to keep us distracted by the flaws in people or the flaws in the church. Now, I'm not invalidating those flaws. We should not act worldly. We should have an honor and respect for the house of God. But I would also say to you, don't allow those things to be such a discouragement and such a distraction that it keeps you from the community of believers. The accountability that comes with that the ability to contribute to the lives and faith of others that comes along with that is really important. All right, two final things uh, for you, uh, my dear brother. One is, while I am ecstatic that you're growing in your faith, remember that the goal of the Christian faith is to make disciples. So I have not fulfilled my calling in Christ if all I look at is my growth. I have to ask myself, how am I helping other people to grow? That's one of the primary reasons why we need the local church is it gives us the ability to walk with others until Christ is formed in them. The final thing that I'll say is as I celebrate uh, Corey and his call, Kathy and her call, and I'm so blessed that this ministry and many others have uh, been a blessing to you, I speak In this moment, I can uh, honestly say I believe I speak for every podcaster, every radio host, every media person that loves Christ genuinely and honors his word deeply. 
when I say that at best what we are is a supplement for the local church, but not a substitute for the local church. I, I hope you enjoy this program. I really do. I hope you listen daily. I hope that you're growing in your faith and that we're a part of that. But I never see myself as a replacement for the call of every believer to be in the local church. We that are part of Christian media, we are a supplement and praise God for it, but never a substitute. We all need to be in a household of faith. Man, we're going to take a break. Your calls have been phenomenal. Love, love, love hearing from you. Why don't you go to our website, find out more at equipradio.org. We'll be right back. Have you been wanting to memorize scripture, but just haven't found the right way or the right time? I get it. Scripture memorization can be daunting, but it doesn't have to be. I have an easy way to get you started right here at the start of this new year. It's a practical step-by-step guide called Memorizing Scripture, and it's yours with the gift of any amount to equip. Call 888-644-4144 or visit equipradio.org. Man, this has been massively encouraging talking to you about why you go to church, and it's been extremely educational talking to you about why you don't go to church. I think both are important, and I do think that over the last couple of years post-COVID, the question has had a resurgence of why go to church, and we can't assume that the answers are clear. Now, if you're someone who studies the Word of God, I think that we need to start with the recognition that the New Testament presupposes that you're in a church, and it assumes the fact that you are being cared for by elders who are responsible for shepherding shepherding your, your soul, and that you're receiving from the communion of the saints, and that you're also contributing as well. But I want to encourage you, check out this article uh, by Daniel Burke, And uh, I think that it's going to help us to realize whether or not the reasons why we state we don't go are actually valid. And uh, hopefully it reinforces the fact that we should go. Let's go to David, who's listening in Comanche, Iowa. I hope I pronounced that right. David, thank you you so much for calling. Did I pronounce that right? You did. Oh, that's great. That's great. So what's your comment today, David? Okay, I have been epileptic ever since I was eight years old. And over the years, doctors have repeatedly told me, if you were to marry, if you were to bear offspring, your offspring will also have been epileptic. So I've purposely remained single. And living here solo, well, it gets to be lonely. And I find that if I I attend church weekly, that that, that fills a a void in my life. And, yes, I, I can and do add to the to the life of this local church. I've got a, yes, I am a Sunday yes. school teacher, and yes, two of my students are ch- pastor's kids, which wow. adds an additional challenge. Wow. You know what, David? First off, I just want to say, man, what a blessing. What a blessing you are, and uh, what an encouragement to know that you are committed to going to church. 
Um, there's so many things that are going on in my heart right now that I want to share with you. Number one, I want to say, share this, that the fact that you're epileptic is uh, a part of who you are, certainly a part of your story, part of your narrative. But I don't want you to think that that's the only part of who you are. When I think about remaining single and not having children, yeah, there, there are some people who are called to singleness. It's a beautiful call if God has called you to that. But I would not avoid marriage and parenting because some doctor has told you that your children might be epileptic. Because even if they are, doesn't mean that their life still doesn't have value. Yeah, there's struggles and there will be challenges. And that's true for every single one of us. That's part of living in a fallen world. But God's grace, David, at working your life is so clear and evident that uh, I would assume that his grace would be at work in the life of your children as well. And um, man, what a blessing you are. And and, uh, I wouldn't let um, a doctor's uh, statement become the verdict of my life. But the second thing you said is that you're contributing to the life of the next generation, in particular pastor's kids. What a harvest. You know, one of the reasons why going to church becomes so important is that it's one of the greatest ways God has given us for changing the world. If we really want to impact society, let's just say we look at this generation and we have some grief and some lament about where they are, where they're not. I think that if we really want to make a difference, roll up your sleeves, get involved in church, and do what David's doing. Teach a Sunday school class. Become a mentor, disciple a young person. Walk with someone until Christ is formed in them. We don't have to simply lament the darkness as if we aren't children of the light, as if God's Spirit has not empowered us to be able to push back against the brokenness. No, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. I also will say that one of the great benefits of going to church for all of us is spiritual protection. We have a real adversary of our souls. The same Bible that tells us about God in heaven is the same Bible that tells us about Satan in hell. You have a real adversary of your soul that wants to keep you from God at all costs. The Bible says this, the very words of Jesus is that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. One of the reasons why we go to church is for spiritual protection. We're in the communion of believers, growing in grace, celebrating God with other uh, followers of Jesus. Then there is a spiritual protection that we have to allow us to remain anchored in our faith so that we might be able to defend it and commend it to others. Friends, I am so grateful that you have joined this conversation. I hope it's been a blessing to you. But remember, church is God's idea. And uh, he's the one who's called us to assemble ourselves together, to submit ourselves to spiritual leaders, to grow in his grace so that we won't remain babes, so that we might be able to reach the world for Christ until all have heard, until Christ returns. Well, I can't wait till we're together again next time. Until then, remember, Equip with Chris Brooks is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute. 
Hey there, friends. Chris Brooks here. How did the missionary son become a man who changed the lives of millions of impoverished people? If you ever felt a call of God to care for the least and the lonely, don't miss my conversation with Wes Stafford coming up on Equip. His story will impact your life and fill you with compassion for the gospel. Don't miss Equip. Listen live weekdays at 1 Eastern, noon Central on the Moody Radio app or EquipRadio.org.